0: We know from different sources that um, sporadic or not sporadic, uh, isolated chanting or recitation were performed during the Buddha's time to commit to memory and also as a means of the oral tradition where teachings are transmitted from teacher to student. First from the Buddha to those disciples who learn from him directly and subsequently down to the next generation. Yeah. Eventually this chanting became uh, more formalized yeah. and today this practice is done not just to commit teachings to memory. This remains true uh, but on top of that it served to develop devotion and faith. Mm. I've explained in various classes on different occasions. For example, if you look at the recitation that we do, it includes <coughs> verses in praise of the Buddha, yeah? Buddha Vandana. If you page, turn to page 5, just now we recited E T P so, Bhagawa and so on. Yeah, today in many Theravadan tradition, they fondly refer to this as I, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, many times you ask them, uh, Do you recite Buddha Vandana? They may look at you like, huh? Then you ask them, do you recite Ithi Piso? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, I know, I know, it Piso, I know. <laughs> yeah, but actually Itipiso Piso is part of the verse. Uh. The proper term of this whole section is Buddha Vandana. It is a collection of nine of the epithets that were commonly said about the Buddha. That means people describe the Buddha in this way. You can actually find uh, this collection, sometimes the full nine, sometimes some of them, uh, mentioned in different suttas. It would say once the Buddha was at Kosala. There was a village called uh, there was the there was a town called Kalama. There there were the people the Kalama and they heard that the Buddha was in town. And some of them said this has been said about this uh, Gautama ascetic he is uh, he is a, an arahan he is a blessed one he is uh, this he is that and the whole set of description is basically what we are reciting now you know so we are in a way reenacting uh, uh, what was said in the past now so this part is less about the teachings,, yeah, less about the teachings, but to develop devotion and faith. Yeah. But for why for what purpose? Because we don't know the Buddha so intimately. Did you all have coffee with the Buddha last week? Mm-hmm. Anyone? I <laughs> know? Huh? Uh, so how do we know about the Buddha? Uh, we know him, one way is by reciting these verses. Yeah, because these verses, if you again look at page 5, the Buddhist library under Bhanti Naptama Ratana, yeah, he, he has very kindly put in the Chinese the, and English translation on the right panel, yeah, which is why I have uh, shared with you all before, when you come in earlier, Ah, take the time to read through what you are going to recite otherwise it becomes a very spiritual thing but it doesn't have the full impact yeah when you chant etippiso bhagava araham sammasambuddho vijjacaranasamppanno sugato <laughs> lokavidu anuttaro purisadamma sarati sat Oh, it feels very... Uh, If you go to the, uh, let's say, Thai tradition, then the way they chant is more or less the same, but with slightly different intonation. I remember in the 80s, I mentioned many times, you know the Gong Tao movie? Then they always... uh, Namo Bhagavato Arahato Sam. Then when I was a kid, ah, like him, wow, I feel like wow, oh, power <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's the Namo Tassa. But imagine if instead of doing it that way, right? Then they come in. Then they say, homage to the to him, the blessed one, the hope, the worthy one, the perfectly enlightened one. That's like What's the power? <laughs> so the intonation um, works on our emotional part. Mm. But if you only do that, and you only feel that, then you only have the one-sided faith. Because faith, there's one part of the faith which cannot be helped is based on emotion. You hear a Bante chanting, you hear Fasu chanting, you know my favourite (laughs) Ruuu Yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then you feel very inspired You know, wow, some people When they go for chanting, they even cry Ah, It serves that purpose But It is supposed to also serve the other purpose Which is, you chant Knowing what you are chanting Because then this leads to wisdom understanding, clarity, and this develops the other side of faith. In Buddhism, faith has many facets. If you only have the first type of faith, that's a good start but not a good end. It must evolve into faith with understanding. That you have faith because you understand, not that you understand because you have faith. And that understanding comes from wisdom. Uh, but chanting can help to lead us towards that. Mm. The other purpose today in chanting is to, mm, in short, develop some form of concentration. It can help you to develop some form of concentration. How does it work? You see, the trouble is... Sometimes when it comes to religion, uh, people don't like everything to be explained, you know. You like to just feel a bit mystical, more interesting. Yeah, but what to do? You choose this sifu. Uh, everything explained. <laughs> uh, when you do chanting if you chant out loud or you chant inside your mind uh, both uh, occupies your mind it occupies your mind and by occupying your mind it uh, interrupts your discursive thoughts it interrupts your discursive thoughts but this works only if you put in the effort what do I mean by that? initially when you learn chanting you put in effort because you're not familiar when you're not familiar and you want to do it properly you need to put in effort so initially you don't really know the chanting so you must look at the text and you well, don't even know how to pronounce don't know where to stop don't know where to well so you well, pay attention with your ear to listen to sifu's chanting then sifu chant wrong you also wrong <laughs> then while you try to pronounce it correctly, or E T P SO, or then later SUPA while you really follow. So, if you really notice, if you notice, initial part, when you're doing chanting, you really don't think of anything else. But after a few years, steady already, memorize the whole book. Itipiso piso bhagawa araham samma sambundo Vijacharana sampanno sugato lo Anutaro purisa purisadhamma sarati sata deo Then really know? Then unfortunately, this is not the fault of chanting uh. This is the fault of the chanter <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I ever see noticed before last time in temple. Uh, sometimes the Amma uh, <laughs> But some Amal, some I don't know which one are some. Lah. Yeah. People chanting, then sometimes there are breaks or what lah then the Amma sit down there chanting. Amito <laughs> See one time chanting and then the, uh, can score people, you know. Yeah. So this is the thought of a chanter, not chanting itself. Yeah. Unfortunately, we tend to lump them together. Mm. So chanting can help in all this. Uh? <laughs> mm. So if you look at this, uh, this this actually can, can lead to wisdom. And if you practice chanting properly uh, while chanting your body can, shouldn't be doing other things that is unwholesome. So your bodily action is somewhat purified. Your verbal is also purified because you are chanting either the names of the Buddhas uh, which usually represents wholesome qualities or you are chanting the words of truth that the Buddha has said before so it's wholesome as well and if you put in effort your mind at least during that point in time is purified because it's not involved in unwholesome habitual thoughts so during chanting you can purify nominally your body and speech and to some extent your mind and if your mind is sufficiently purified you can develop concentration and so as a result you have your body, you have your speech, and you have your mind, purified. And if you understand the teachings, it leads to right view, which develops wisdom. So chanting can be can cover the whole spectrum of the threefold practice. Mm. The challenge is whether we as the chanter really fulfill the whole thing, uh, and not namo <laughs> tasa Okay. Uh.